guys. Aloha, I guess, is an order for today. Uh, good morning. Good to see you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming out today. You know, all this year, we've been looking at this, this fundamental question, why? And what we're doing this December is looking at why we do some of the stuff that we do here at Fellowship of Faith, particularly as it's attached to Christmas time. And what we're going to be doing today is looking at, at probably the, 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 the biggest anchor that, that's so big that we kind of take it for granted, but we're going to be looking at why do we celebrate Christmas at all? And I want to submit to you that it is not for the reason that you probably think. And as we go through this today, what I really hope is that somehow this, this actually transforms your perspective on what Christmas is and, and, and what it's all about and why we do it and, and what we're supposed to be doing with it, if that makes sense. Now, no-brainer question of the day. I bet that most of you here think that we celebrate Christmas to celebrate Jesus' birthday. That is not why we celebrate Christmas. I find it very telling that the early church never celebrated Christmas. Now, they celebrated Easter from the get-go, like week one. Guys, do you realize it really wasn't until the fourth century that Christians even began to think about celebrating this day in some kind of official or, or, or commemorative way that we call Christmas? Because in Jesus' day, birthdays in the Jewish world were just not that big a deal. Jesus never had a birth certificate. Chances are, Jesus and his mom and dad probably didn't even remember the day he was born on. And even if they did, it's even more probable that they never celebrated it. Because birthdays were a Roman practice. They weren't a Jewish practice. So for Jesus, no presents, no cake, no candles, no favorite restaurant, <laughs> nothing. All right? It's, it's fascinating to me that they didn't even, in the early church, think December 25th was the day. Around the year 200, there's this guy, there's this brother from Egypt whose name is Clement. And look at what he writes. He says this, there are those who have determined not only the year of our Lord's birth, but also the day. And they say that it took place in the 20th year of Augustus and in the 25th day of this, this Egyptian month called Pekan, which would be May 20th. Further, others say that he was born on the 24th or 25th of Farmuthi. April 20th or 21st. Now, I think a lot of you know this, but it needs to be repeated. Jesus was not born on December 25th. All right, one in 365, all right? One in 365 chance. Jesus wasn't born that day. And it's telling to me that even today, one out of seven Christians does not celebrate Jesus' birth on December 25th. We do not celebrate Christmas because it is Jesus' birthday. 
It wasn't until the fourth century when you get this emperor whose name is Constantine, who was the first Roman emperor to become Christian, who legalizes Christianity, that it started to become a celebration on this date that we think of called December 25. Because originally, December 25 was a Roman pagan holiday. And the holiday was called Sol Invictus. Sol, you can hear solar in that, right? Invictus, meaning undefeated or unconquered. On December 25 was this Roman pagan holiday called Sol Invictus, the festival of the unconquered sun. Now remember, in the pagan world, people... People worshipped all kinds of gods. And all of these gods were seen to be attached to different phenomena and different forces. And some you liked, and some you didn't, and some you needed. But a biggie was the sun. Here's an ancient uh, Roman mosaic about Sol Invictus. You can see Sol Invictus, the, 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 the god or goddess personifying the sun in her, in her chariot coming across the, the, the gold blazoned sky, bringing the sun with her because people like the sun, right? People in Rome like the sun. People in Phoenix like the sun. People in Florida like the sun. I bet you like the sun too. Why is it that we do Hawaiian Christmas and not Nordic Dark Christmas, Right? <laughs> Because the sun is a good thing. The sun is warm. The sun makes us happy. The sun makes the crops grow. The sun scares all the boogeymen away who live in the night. Have you ever seen a boogeyman in the day? Because they don't like the sun. We like the sun. We need the sun. And on the shortest day of the year, as the sun was continually beaten back, and beaten back, and beaten back by the darkness, there came the day, the shortest day, the shortest day of the year, on which they would conclude these festivities called Sol Invictus, the day that we remember the sun will not be beaten. Because every day from this day, gets longer and longer and longer as the sun shows that it cannot be kept down but is on the rebound, taking its rightful place again. Now, I know there's some of you here going right now, wait, man, it's like December 21st. Well, I know. <laughs> and you know what? They knew it too. Well, you function without a leap year in your calendar, and you see how your calendar stays on track as well, all right? So over time, it became December 25th, this public holiday within the pagan Roman Empire called Sol Invictus, or Saturnalia, the festival of the unconquered sun, and here is how the day was marked. It was a public holiday, but it would be celebrated in the home, and it was marked by things like this, feasting and gift-giving and charity to the poor. It was marked by certain practices like slave owners serving their slaves for the day, and one of the festal things that would be accompanied into this was the decorating of trees. 
all of this stuff that we think of as Christmas, finding its roots in this pagan holiday, the festival of the unconquered sun. And when this Roman emperor named Constantine became a Christian, sometime in the early to mid-fourth century, people started to look. People started to wonder. People started to do what they always do with people in power. I want to be in his good graces. I want to be like him. And the church seeing this took this day and began to reinterpret it. They took this day that was so immersed into the pagan culture of their time and began to reform it with new meanings and new interpretations of a greater sun who conquered a more sinister darkness and who was bringing his light to bay. Does it feel like a sellout to you? There's a lot of people who've struggled with this. Why are we celebrating a pagan holiday? I mean, why are we capitulating to the culture? Why are we just doing what feels good and is popular and just rolling with the flow? People have made this accusation both in their day and today. And let's face it, I mean, the, the church is guilty sometimes. Christians, we're guilty sometimes, aren't we? Of just going with the flow, of playing to demand. I mean, I guarantee you this. I'll give you an example. There's another little-known Christian holiday. It's on January 1st. You think of it as New Year's Day, but did you know that January 1st in the Christian calendar is a, is a Christian holiday called the Circumcision of Jesus? Right? Anyone here celebrate it? Right? Right? And so no church celebrates it. Have you ever seen a special commemorative church service come January 1st? It is Circumcision of Jesus Day, right? Circumcision's on site for those who need it, right? But I promise you this. I promise you this. If something were to happen in our culture today, where the circumcision of Jesus just became like, oh my gosh, like that is the day. Where people started having like circumcision parties and sending photos of their circumcised families to each other and exchanging foreskins as gifts and all kinds of horrible things. I guarantee you, churches far and wide would be opening their doors on circumcision day to celebrate this newfound day to meet the demand of where the people are at. So before we let anyone off too easy, let's have a reality check. Let's have a reality check. Sometimes the church just rolls with the demand of the day. But I want to give you a different reason. I want to give you a different reason in a different perspective on why we celebrate this day. Why we celebrate Christmas on December 25th. Why we make it what the name Christmas means. Christ's day. It's a perspective that was true 
of those believers back then who had given life and limb for their faith. It was the respect of those who actually suffered, who actually defied paganism in their day and say, I would rather lose a hand or an eye or a life than bow my knee or bow my head or burn some incense to the gods of those day. And it's why we celebrate Christmas today. It's because Jesus is all about baptizing and redeeming our culture. Jesus is all about baptizing and redeeming this world, no matter how dark or distorted or off path it might be. It's a day that says Jesus beats the powers of darkness in a greater way, that Jesus trumps soul invictus. See, throughout the Gospels, you see this theme, this predominant theme that comes from the teachings and actions of Jesus, that he is bringing a kingdom. And as one who is bringing a kingdom, he's a king, and his kingdom is on the advance. See, I know so many Christians who play defense today. They hide from the culture. They're afraid of the world. They put themselves behind closed doors and behind walls and try to insulate and shield themselves from the big, scary, dark world around them. But Jesus was a God who's on the advance who says, the darkness has nothing on me. I love how he puts it this one time. One of his followers, this man named Peter, he's, he's talking to him and he goes, Peter, who do people say that I am? Well, some say John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah, you know? Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Yeah, I know, Jesus said, but wait, I'm talking to you, Peter. Who do you say that I am? He looks at him and he goes, you're the Christ, the son of the blessed one. You're the Christ, which is just another way of saying you're the king. You're not a king. You're not some king. You are the king, the Christ. And Peter saw that his kingdom was here. And Jesus says these words to him. He goes, Peter, I hear you. And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. On this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell don't stand a chance because my kingdom is here. Because I'm here. The real soul invictus. The real light from above. I love how John puts it, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it because Jesus is on the advance in this world and he is remaking this world in his way. 
Seeking to take this world and bring it out of darkness, not hide from the darkness. Singing to remake it in his way, the way his kingdom was always supposed to be. Hide from the darkness, get away from the darkness. No way, Jesus says. Storm the darkness. And remake it into the image of me. Those early Christians took this day. This day plunged among the people, fear of darkness. And searching for light. And they said, we got news to tell you. And it's good, a greater light is here. You may look to the S-U-N, but we look to the S-O-N. And his, and his light beats a greater darkness than you've ever feared. For those early Christians, Christmas was about taking something misguided and in darkness and saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus is here. And this light who shines in the darkness named Jesus turns around and tells his followers, wait a minute, you're my light too. Here's how he puts it. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. I bet before I put this up here, if I was to ask you, who's the light of the world? You'd say, Jesus. Yeah, that's true. But you know, Jesus says that you're the light of the world too. Here's how he puts it. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. People don't light a lamp and put it under a basket or a bowl. No, they put it on a stand so that it shines and gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, shine in this world that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Salt and light, what is it? What are you? Salt is a preservative. Salt is a flavor agent. It's in everything, despite the fact you often can't see it. Have you ever tried to go on a no-sodium diet? Like, like in, in, in 36 hours, do you come to the quick realization, I can't eat anything? Water and vitamin supplements for me, right? Because it's in everything, changing everything, flavoring everything, preserving everything. And Jesus says, you're salt. Get into this world, infuse in this world, absorb into this world, and be an agent of change. Flavor it, preserve it, remake it into what I always intended it to be. I think of the early Christians, this, this one who, who became a pope known as Gregory the Great, which is by far not a humble name. He was a missionary to Britain back when Britain was immersed in paganism. 
and his encouragement to those early Christian teachers and pastors and bishops was not to tear down the pagan worship sites, but to remake them. To remake them in the image of God and not to reject the pagan holidays, but to recast them in the image of a greater God because people who are salt are not afraid of the darkness. Let me give you an example of this. Take Halloween. Why is it that we dress up like ghosts and ghouls and devils and all the powers of hell and tramps around on a high holy day of the pagan year is a capitulation? Or was it what it initially was for those days, an act of defiance? Powers of darkness, you think I'm afraid of you? You think you got anything on me? You're a joke. You're a buffoon. Jesus is here. And I'm going to dress as a caricature of you to show you that I am not afraid because the one who is in me is greater than the one who is in the world because the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness does not overcome it. It's why those early Christians celebrated Jesus' day on Sol Invictus. He says, your light your light, which means you're there to show people the way. What's interesting about the pagans is that they kind of got it right. They kind of had a sense of what was going on. They just didn't see clearly. And groping in the dark, looking for the transcendent, looking for answers, looking for these fundamental bases of the hope that they were yearning for, these Christians could step in and show, we've been given a revelation. We've been given eyes to see. Let me show you. The sun in the sky, which is so warm and so bright and brings you hope and joy, is good. But it's a shadow of the greater light there is. Because God sent his son into the world to drive out the darkness and to show you the way. And those early Christians could take that day and go, I know what you're seeking and I've seen it. Let me show it to you. So you can know the way. Christmas Day is not a birthday celebration. We don't gather this day to sing happy birthday to Jesus. It's something so much more powerful and significant and transcendent. Guys, by far. It's the day we remember no matter how dark it gets. God has sent his light into the world. His light in the world to baptize it and transform it. To remake it in his glow and drive out the darkness and conquer it. To conquer it forevermore. 
You know, we don't live in a culture today that's filled with a lot of sun worshipers. Except for people in Phoenix and Florida. But you know, we do live in a culture filled with people who are desperately groping in the dark, searching out things like peace and joy and hope, and stumbling their way, trying to figure out where it is. And while we may not call it soul invictus, we have our own version of it today. Something good, but for many ultimately misguided, searching their hope and their joy and their peace, shopping, presents, decoration. Find me a Christmas card that doesn't have the word hope or joy or peace written somewhere on it. And yet, by and far, without any substance given of what that joy and hope and peace is, we live in a world just as lost in pagan darkness, filled with people God loves, who are looking for deeper things, not finding not knowing the way. You are salt. You are light. And those early Christians marked this day to remember that. That we've been shown something. That we've come to know something. And we have a mandate from the light of this world to burst it upon our culture and our world, to bring it to people groping in darkness today. Guys, this is why we celebrate Christmas. And I hope that somehow through this, it's reoriented your perspective, if nothing more than by a few degrees, as you approach December 25th in this day. So I'd like to invite you to rise. And together, I just want to invite you to pray. Band, you can come on up if you'd like. We're going to commune today. We're going to celebrate the pivotal event of Jesus' defeat of darkness. And as they get ready, I want to invite you just these next few moments to bring your own darkness to God today. Maybe you're here searching for hope and joy and peace and you're not finding it. 
bring it to Jesus today. Maybe you're here, mired in your own darkness. Bring it to Jesus today. Ask his light to shine in your dark world as intimate or broad as it might be and take hold of the hope that the darkness cannot overcome him. Lord, hear our prayer. Forgive us, O oh God, when we hide Hide in fear from the darkness. Forgive us, God, when we give up or give in. Forgive us, Lord, when we're so focused on ourselves that we lose sight of your call to be the salt and light of your advancing kingdom into the darkness of our world today. Forgive us. Forgive us, renew us. And lead us, O oh God, today.